Hey, we're glad you're here with us this morning. If you're visiting, my name is Kurt, and I'm glad that I get the chance to get up here uh, each week and, and, and have a conversation with you guys. But last week, we started this series called Christmas Unplugged, where we just are taking a few weeks uh, to kind of do what we just did. Uh, how, how many of you appreciate uh, Buck and Annie and, and Scott getting up here? And, and um, I, I love it when, when he's up here, what, about four times a year or so? Um, you know, we, we let him out of his cage to come up here and, and, and play for us, and uh, um, it's always just nice to kind of step back, you know, and, and just just have nothing but, but song and, and a little bit of music, and, and uh, just kind of what we're talking about with the course of this series. This is a time of the year for us where we just get sometimes caught up in the, in the chaos, and it's nice to take a step back and take a breath as we head into Christmas. Now, let me ask you a question. I'm going to get a little audience participation here. If I were to ask you, uh, what's one word you would use to describe kind of the holiday season, what, what would it be? Anybody have one? Happy. Happy. Crazy. Crazy. Giving. Giving. Blessed. Blessed. Uh, we had joy. You know, we, those are kind of the words we throw out there a lot, right? I mean, it's basic, simple words that describe it. Uh, if I were to throw some, some, some negative words out there, we already heard, heard crazy, busy is a good one. Stressful. So how, how many of you would, would use this word right here to describe the holiday season sometimes? That's just a lot of us, right? And I mean, it is. It's a stressful time of the year and, and for many, many different reasons. But let me ask you this. How many of you would use this word to describe Christmas season? How many of you would say, when I think of Christmas in one word, I think of peace? I believe that. <laughs> Knowing who that's from, I, I believe that. But let's think about this for a, a minute. We have so many reasons to be stressed. And often, I think we point out our stressors more than, than, than our other uh, things going on in our life. What, what do we have to be stressed about? We have things like financial issues. I mean, we talked about that last week, right? This is an expensive time of the year. And if you have any kind of financial setback or financial issue, man, this time of the year highlights that. And it just kind of shows you because we got to buy presents for everybody. we got to buy Christmas decorations. There's always Christmas fundraisers. There's, everything costs this time of the year. We took the girls to get pictures with Santa Claus the other day. You know how much pictures with Santa Claus cost now? 25 bucks to get, like what, was it three pictures? Like they take one shot and you get three copies. 25 bucks to get pictures with Santa Claus. <clears throat> and one of our three kids was smiling. And, you know, they don't give you another chance. Next, move on. You know, it's, it's kind of like on, on a, the, the movie uh, Christmas Story. You know, he gets up there and starts crying. Sorry, too late. Go down the slide, you know. That's the way it is. Uh, we, we think about other things that cause stress this time of the year, like just the busyness. Our kids are first grade and preschool and in six months, but our, our first grader for the last month and a half has been telling us, hey, it's this many days on my Christmas program, this many days on my Christmas program. It's down to single digits now. We're, I mean, it's, it's coming up. We've got to do it. Then the next week, it's, it's our preschoolers, Christmas program. And it, man, it's, just, it's already busy, and our kids aren't even that old yet. Uh, we have things like health issues. If you're dealing with a health issue, it can cause stress. Or maybe it's not you. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's your spouse or a sibling. Somebody close to you is dealing with a health issue. <clears throat> That's something else that can cause a lot of stress. What loss? Maybe this is your first holiday season without someone. Maybe you lost somebody close to you and you're dealing with that. Maybe it's just a family issue. 
Man, we've got family issues, all of us do, right? We've got that sibling that we don't talk to anymore. We've got that father who abandoned us when we were young that wants back in our lives, and we're having a hard time with that. Uh, we've got uh, that aunt or uncle who kind of disowned the family, or the family disowned him or her, and, and those are there, right? We have all of those. And here's what tends to happen as we dive into life in general, but especially this time of the year. We let our stress become greater than our peace. And here's the thing about Christmas the holiday season in general, is that the, whatever's going on in your life, the Christmas season's like a magnifying glass on that. Okay, you think about it. Those of you who are, are struggling with any of those things I just mentioned, they seem so much greater this time of the year. And in, it's funny because we'll, we'll say, man, this is a, a stressful, hectic time of the year. And some people are like, oh, there's no way this is the greatest time of the year. Well, you know what? Everything's going good in their lives. So because everything's going good, it's magnified. Christmas has a tendency to put everything under a magnifying glass and, and make it so much greater or worse than it really is. And it kind of got me thinking this week, why have we let our, our peace get pushed aside? Why have we let our peace, especially this time of the year, get, get squashed by our stress? Because that's the very purpose of Christmas. That was the whole reason for, for Christmas. Uh, Jesus came to this earth in the form of a man to be with us, to save us, to bring us peace. Uh, Buck talked a few minutes ago uh, about the multitudes upon multitudes of angels who showed up that first Christmas night. And when they got there, that field outside of Bethlehem, and they talked to the shepherds, guess what they were proclaiming? The very first thing they said when they talk about the Messiah showing up in Luke chapter 2, they're praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, what? Peace. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. The very first declaration, the very first announcement about Jesus coming to earth, about the Messiah coming to earth, was that he was bringing peace. And it wasn't just then. Go back hundreds of years before that. Back into the Old Testament prophets, the prophet Isaiah, centuries earlier, he said this, talking about the Messiah, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, uh, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Anyone know the next three words? Prince of Peace. That was why he was coming to earth, was to bring peace. That was why he was coming here, was to give peace. And I think peace is something that we all struggle with. It's all something we want. We wanted to, to go after it. Sometimes we struggle to attain it. And we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago. We think about peace often as like removing some sort of conflict from your life. If I could just get rid of this uh, unhealthy relationship, I'll have peace. If I can just get rid of this, this strife in my life, I'm going to have, have peace. I mean, if across the world, if we could just lay down our, our weapons and stop fighting, we'll have peace. And that's not really what peace is. Peace is not a removal of anything. Peace, instead, is a restoration of what originally was. Peace is bringing back together the original intent of how we were. And so, so what we're going to do today, <clears throat> excuse me, is just talk about three kinds of peace. And if you're taking notes, understand these are cumulative. Okay, you can't have number two without number one. So just kind of, kind of establish that from the beginning. You can't have number three without the first two. These have to be done in order <clears throat> when we're talking about, about peace. But here's the three kinds of peace that we need to, to work on uh, attaining and, and capturing in our life. The first is peace with God. We call this spiritual peace. 
Okay, go back to the beginning, right? Back to uh, the first few pages of your Bible. God creates the heaven and the earth. He creates everything. He creates this perfect paradise. And he puts this couple, Adam and Eve, and he puts them in the garden. And they have everything that they need. In fact, God actually comes down and he walks with them in the garden. And I think this is a physical, literal thing. He comes down and walks with them across the garden. Everything is perfect. Everything is pure. They need nothing. But they want something. And because they want something that they aren't supposed to have, they push God aside. They have to move him out of the way to make room for this new stuff they want in their hearts. We call this sin. And because of that, now they've pushed God out. They've created a void, and they have to fill this void. We're the same way today. We have this this need for spiritual peace. And what happens is we've got this void in our heart that we chase other things to try and fill it with. But here's kind of the simple truth to this. True peace is not found in something or in someone. True peace, uh, peace is found only in Jesus. Okay, true peace isn't found in something or in someone. It's only found in Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul tells us, for he himself is our peace. You could change the, the wording on this and just say, for Jesus only is our peace. Jesus is our peace. And here's what happens. When we start having that void in our lives, and we all have it, here's what we do. We start chasing things to fill it. Maybe we chase other people. Uh, if I could just have this relationship, man, my life would be better. You know, when we're single, man, if I could just get this girlfriend, this wife, man, my life's going to be so much better. Uh, if, if I could just become friends with this guy, you know, if I could just, just improve this relationship, my life would be better. If I could just get this person back in my life, things would be better. Maybe it's, a, it's, it's accomplishment. Uh, we, chase, we chase things like, man, if I could just get this promotion, if I could just get this recognition, if I could just get this many Twitter followers, this many Facebook likes, things would be better. If I could just get this degree on my wall, if I could just get, if I could just get this, things are going to get better in my life. Or maybe we chase places. But if I could just get this house in this town, everything's going to be so much better. How many of us have ever thought that and chased that and found out at the end it's not what I thought it was going to be? Probably all of us, if we're being very honest. Because see, here's what happens when we chase those things instead of chasing God to fill that void in our lives. What are we stuck with? There's a list of things. Here's what we'll find ourselves without peace. First, we'll find ourselves with instability. I have conversations with people all the time that, that they're searching for something. And they'll say things like, you know, I think I just kind of believe in all of it. Uh, yeah, I, I think I believe in God, but I think I believe in, you know, all these other gods too, and, and I'm, I'm just going to try them all out and see which one works. And, and they say this, I mean, they're, they're deadly honest because they just don't know. They're searching, but there's that instability. They don't know where they stand. They don't know what's right, what's true. They, they, they don't have the ability to, to figure that out. Uh, other things we're going to run into, we run into anxiety. Anybody ever worry about anything? <laughs> How many of you look back at what you were worrying about and you thought, man, really? I was worried about that? I mean, we're violating what Jesus told us not to do. Matthew 6, he says, don't worry about those things. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear because God's going to take care of you. And yet we, we, we worry. That might be one of the hardest ones for us is we just get filled with worry on things we can't control anyway. Uh, what, what else do we, we chase Without peace, we find ourselves full of strife. 
Okay, let me ask this question. Has anybody in this room ever not had a conflict with anybody else ever? <laughs> we get strife, right? It's a disagreement that kind of escalates. And then there's a grudge, and then there's, there's a fight, sometimes literal, sometimes physical. But we get strife in our hearts because we are chasing something other than God, and we're filling that void in our life. Or what about addiction? Man, addiction is so much more than what we think of it. We think of addiction a lot of times as drugs and alcohol. Man, it is so much more than drugs and alcohol. We have addictions, just a list of addictions that are just as damaging as those. Things like addictions to pornography or sex, addictions to shopping, spending, addictions to eating, addictions to uh, devices, to, to, our, to our phones and tablets, uh, addictions to certain relationships, addictions to gossip, addictions to anything that in the moment makes us feel really good and, and fulfilled and wholesome, right? And this is what we run into when we don't have peace in our lives, when we start filling the void in our lives ourselves. But here's the thing, God will fill that void for us if we let him. Romans chapter 15, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. I only speak for myself here. I would rather be filled with peace than I would filled with anything else. That whole list I showed you earlier, instability, anxiety, uh, strife, addiction, I would much rather have peace in my life than those. And the only way to find that is by finding God. Because you see, we have this hope of eternity that Paul talks about here. That is only found through Jesus, through salvation, through restoration. In other words, we could say it this way. Peace is a result of reconciliation with God. And that's the only way we find it. We only find peace through reconciliation with God. Romans chapter 5, Paul says, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no other way. Peace is a sign of reconciliation. But here's the problem with that statement. If you haven't found that reconciliation with God, if you haven't found that forgiveness of God, this may be where your struggle kicks in. Because for a lot of you in this room, this might be a given. But for some of you, it might not be. So let me ask you this question, and I want you to be very honest with yourself. When you pray, do you know for certain that you're forgiven? When you pray to God, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are forgiven? Now again, a lot of you in this room, you're going to say, yeah, I know that. And that's great. But some of you, if you're answering this very honestly, you go, I don't know. I really don't know. Some of you may say, you know what, Kurt, you had me when you said when you pray. I don't pray. I don't know how to pray. I don't even know what it's about. And let's, let's be honest, praying can be daunting and difficult at times. Because if you, if you don't do it and you don't know what, what prayer is all about, you may think you've got to have this script and all this Bible knowledge and you may sit down and, and open your hands and open your mouth sometime and nothing comes out. And you go, I just, I just don't even know how to pray. So I, I can't say that I'm forgiven. I don't know. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you. If you give me a Bible and, and, and a topic, man, I can get up and preach. Like nothing. I can get up and preach for an hour. Sometimes when I'm alone in my prayer time, nothing comes out. Because sometimes when it's just that moment of intimacy between me and between God, I don't know what to say. And there's times that I have to actually change my posture. Maybe you have to do this. You have to get down on my knees and say, God, I don't even know what I want to say to you right now. I want to say something, but I don't know what. Just put something in front of me. 
And maybe that's you. Maybe you're down here and, and, and you're doing everything you're supposed to do, but you just can't get your mind on God. You say, God, just, I don't know. Point me in a direction. I must be honest, sometimes conversations are hard with other people, right? And here we're talking to the creator of the universe. And maybe for you, Maybe if, if, if you struggle and you can't answer this question 100%, you just need to go home today and find a time to get on your knees and say, God, all I know is I am a sinner and I don't want to be a sinner anymore. I just want you. Please forgive me. And then my prayer for you on the backside of that is that you would start to feel that peace trickle down into your heart. Because here's what it tells us, that when we get the Spirit in our lives, we're going to get those fruits of the Spirit. We read about in Galatians 5. And then as we get the Spirit in our lives, we start finding these things like love and joy and patience and kindness and goodness, and right in the middle of that is peace. So if you can't answer that question honestly today 100%, you don't know, work on it. Talk to me after, after service. Talk to me this week. Let's, let's, let's fix that because I want you to find peace with God first. It's the most important peace we have. Because the second kind of peace we can't attain without the first kind. And the second kind is this, it's peace with yourself. That's the internal peace. And some of you may be going, oh great, here comes the, the TED talk, here comes the motivational speech. That's not what we're doing. Did you know peace with yourself is actually scriptural? Having peace with yourself is actually scriptural. Colossians chapter 3, Paul says, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. So that peace that comes down from God, it's actually being told to us, let that dominate your life. Let that control your life. Let it wrap around your heart and your mind and your soul to guard you and to protect you. And you can't have that without peace from God first. Let me ask you this question. How many of you know somebody, on the surface, their life is a mess? Nothing's going right. It looks like their, their life should just be a total wreck. But man, there's just something about them. I told you a few weeks ago about my friend Angie. In, in her, her 50s with four kids and around a dozen grandkids, and she's got terminal cancer. And, and I said, if you're ever to make a list of those people who, quote, don't deserve it, she's way up on that list. But here she is. And she could mope and pout. She could let her life fall apart. Man, she has gotten stronger through this. And she is making it her mission before God calls her home to bring as many people to Jesus as she can and to bring as much hope and encouragement to as many people as she can. And the only way that she can do that is because she has the hope of God in her. She has the peace of God in her heart already. See, she doesn't look around the world and see what else is going on. She just looks up to God and says, here I am. Fill me, lead me, use me. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're struggling with coming up with that idea today. You're struggling with this concept of finding peace within yourself. So let me ask you a, kind of another question here. When you look in a mirror, who do you see? When you look in a mirror, do you see peace? When you look in a mirror like this, do you see the peace of God in your life? Or do you see something else instead? Maybe you look in this mirror and you see things like pain. Do you look in this mirror and you see, you see a loser? Do you look in this mirror, do you see a reject? 
Like that's been the definition of your life. Do you look in this mirror and, and you see somebody who's not good enough? What do you see? What do you see when you look in the mirror if you don't see peace? What label, what definition do you see? Because let me tell you something, when you look in this mirror and you see yourself, all you're doing is seeing yourself from your own perspective. All you're doing is seeing yourself from the world's perspective. When you look at yourself in the mirror, you aren't able to see yourself from God's perspective. You aren't able to see the God who created you and said, this is my child who I created and I loved and I died for. You aren't able to see that. All you're able to see are labels. All you're able to see are man-made descriptions of you. And too often, we forget about that. We lose sight of that fact that God has given us a label that nobody can take away. And instead, we're just staring into this mirror and all we're crying at is, God, who am I? Who am I? Who am I supposed to be? What did you make me to be? Why did you make me like you made me? Who am I? And we want this answer. We want this answer given in in, in flashing neon lights. And God's basically telling you, I'm not giving you an answer in flashing neon lights because I already wrote the answer down for you. You got to do a little homework to find it, but it's here. Do you know the word peace appears in the Bible over 250 times? And here's one for you. You know a book of the Bible has the word peace in it more than any other? The book of Job. If you're unfamiliar with the story of Job, this is the story of a man who had everything and lost everything. I mean, he had it all. He was wealthy. He had an amazing family. He had uh, amazing possessions. And he lost it all because the devil wanted to see if he would renounce God. And, I mean, he, he lost everything he had. He got incredibly sick. He had everything that could possibly happen to you except death. And in the midst of all of it, he never rejected God. And instead, he kept his eyes focused on God. And instead of, of everything, yeah, he complained about it. Who wouldn't? God, I don't like this. I hate this that's going on in my life right now. But I still see you. And because I still see you, there's still a peace somewhere deep down inside me. And don't ask me to explain why I have it, because nothing's going right right now. But I have it. Job kept his eyes on God first, and because of that, in the midst of everything else, he had peace, and he had peace that doesn't make any sense to anybody. And that's actually straight from the Bible when we see that. Because in Philippians chapter 4, it tells us the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. In other words, it doesn't make any sense, right? Let it guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I can't be the only one who needs that. I need the peace of God to guard my heart and to guard my mind through Jesus. When you have the peace of God, you can have peace in your own life. And let me tell you why those two are so important. Because without peace with God and without peace with yourself, you can't have the third kind of peace, and that's peace with others. Sometime in the next few weeks, you're going to sit down at a table. I don't know who's sitting across from you. But you're going to sit down, you're going to have your coffee, maybe a piece of pie, I don't know. You're going to have something. And somebody is sitting across from you, and you're not at peace with that person. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's, 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 a, it's a former friend. 
I don't know who it's going to be. But let me tell you, the secret to, to mending that relationship, the secret to fixing that relationship, we're going to talk about it next week. <laughs> Let's make sure you're here for that. Because <laughs> see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When it comes to peace relationally, you have to have the peace of God first, peace with God and peace with yourself before you can even think about this. I don't know who it is. Next week, we're going to fill that blank in. We're going to fill that chair in next week with somebody in your life. I don't know who it is. I don't know what the broken relationship is. Maybe it's a parent that you don't see eye to eye with anymore. Maybe it's a sibling that you guys have had a, had a blow up and don't even speak anymore. I don't know who that is. We all have had broken relationships in our lives and in our past, and we never know when they're going to come back to us. But the holiday season tends to be a magnet for them. But let me just say this, when it comes to peace relationally, you cannot give what you do not have. You cannot give what you do not have. If you don't have the peace of God in your life and the peace with yourself in your life, you cannot possibly hope to share it with somebody else. We'll say it a different way here. You can't give relationally what you don't own internally. If you don't have it, you can't give it. It's that simple. My hope is that as the church, we can start moving forward. We can start looking at how we can mend our world. We can help get our world put back together. And that starts right here. That starts with my heart and with my soul and with your heart and your soul getting right with God, getting made whole again with God. And then ourselves getting made whole again. Then we can start trying to make others whole and mend relationships with other people. In the New Testament, the Greek word irene is the word that's translated to peace most often. And the word irene in Greek literally translates to put back together. Peace is not a removal. Peace is a restoration. Peace is bringing back together. Peace is putting it back the way it was in the beginning. When God created us without a void in our hearts, when God created us without a desire to want other things that we rejected, that we ran away from. So here's the takeaway for you today. I want you to ask yourself those two questions we asked earlier. Okay? Number one, when you, look, when you pray, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are forgiven? And number two, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see labels like these, or do you see peace? Answer those two questions first, and then answer yourself this question, what do I need to change this Christmas so I can experience true peace? We want to help our world, we've got to get right with God first. We've got to restore our, let Him restore ourselves first. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for Jesus. God, I'm so thankful that, that He was born to die on the cross for us, Lord, so that we could be restored to you, so that we could be brought back to you, that we could be made whole, Lord, with you. God, I don't know where we all are in this room today. I don't know where we are struggling with finding peace with you. 
But God, I just pray today that you would, you would lead us through that. God, if somebody in this room today cannot honestly say, yes, I know I'm forgiven. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm forgiven. God, give them that peace in their lives that tells them that they are or show them what to do in order to get there. God, that by simply calling on your name, they'll have that peace. Saying, God, I know I'm a sinner and I can't do this on my own anymore. I need you. Lord, they would have peace. You would restore them. God, in our own lives, Lord, if we get distracted and, and, and caught up in all of those lists of what we've been described as, God, by others or by ourselves, that you would show us how easily those can be wiped off, how easily those can be erased. And there's only one label that matters, and that's child of God. You call us yours. You call us forgiven. You call us loved and restored. God, if anybody's struggling with any of that, God, I just pray that you would be there with them. Wash over them with peace. Guide them to you. Guide them in our path so that we can walk with them and pray with them and be with them. God, as we, as we head into this season where we spend more time around others whom we struggle with and have conflict with, Lord, you would be with those relationships as well too. God, we love you so much. We're so thankful for Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen.